There we go. Yo. Can you hear me? Yep, we got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember we get uh, uh, like hmm? like restart it beforehand. Yeah, why do you always have problems with those permissions, bro? Like what do you what do you do? I think it's just a fucking I don't change anything. It works one time and then I try it the next time and it doesn't work. Were you on some so, okay, look, just answer truthfully. Were you on any kind of Japanese website that shows certain kinds of anime? No. I was on a um You're under a, a now a, a Nazball <laughs> grooming site. Chuds again and checking out the, the responses that we've seen from uh, Bowman with uh, the coup act, the Congressional Oversight of Unjust Policing Act. <laughs> Good name. Yeah, I, I love when they do that. You know, they come up with like these weird long ass acronyms and then yeah, they- yeah, a backronym. Yeah. Um, they're um, yeah, they um, it's pretty like they're pretty good at it. Like NASA does it like their shit like they do it like with the missions you know they yeah, do that's true like whatever they want to call it they start with that and like they, they like they'll come up with something called like the mars act and then like mars stands for something exactly <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> um, okay he's someone his whole job is just doing that figuring that out yeah but making up clever names yeah um let's see what i was gonna pull up next here oh so here we go so and then, uh, but yeah, like today they the the Fed started going around. They started cracking heads. They started f- tracking down all these dudes. One, I mean, the 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 part that didn't make sense when they went on Twitter and was like, "Okay, everybody, rat out these people. Let's see what you got. Screenshots, send them all to us. Let's go." Right. Like like they can't. Like, I mean, like yeah, <laughs> like they can't figure the out. Love like they weren't even hiding anything. You know, they were all posting things all over the place. Yeah. Everybody was saving right. the videos. Everybody was posting the screen grabs. So. And not like the, and, and um yeah I mean, yep. and, no uh, they have all that man they just want people to rat people out what, they don't need what was it like they a don't power need trip? them to rat anybody out no they want people to be rats like they want to have like a, <laughs> you know extra witnesses and they want you to feel comfortable working with the feds you know like that's a long term goal of the uh, federal government <laughs> the, the deep state. Well, the globalists. Okay. I mean, um, these people are wearing masks or anything, you know. Oh, Probably that was true. Too. No, yeah, that's true too. They weren't. That's when they weren't, they weren't hiding anything. So, uh, let me go ahead and pull this thing up here. Um, yeah, check it out. I don't know what they were thinking. So, like, so you have Mr. Feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk guy. There is mugshotted, Arkansas yeah. jail. Mm-hmm. Everybody had. They, everybody had this dude's name with like in a couple of hours too from just the the videos. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, they can get people's names. Like, remember this summer when there was that guy who, like, yelled at the people in the park, right? There was, like, those little girls putting up, like, BLM signs somewhere. I think yeah. it was in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And it was just, like, a dude in, like, running shorts, and they fucking tracked him down in, like, an afternoon. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Exactly. There's, <laughs> and, uh, there's nothing they can't 
Yeah, so this is what with, with this is the situation that he's facing. Um, he was arrested and charged with entering and remaining on restricted grounds, violent entry, and theft of public property. Mm. And and I mean that's what he did. I don't think it's overly draconian. Mm-hmm. You know, the as far as I mean, the charges. I don't know what I don't know what violent entry means. It sounds it sounds made up, but violent entry. Yeah, I, I mean, it, they, I don't think they made that up. I mean, it, the they, cops let them in the door. Yeah, but they, I mean, so, they did bust yeah. open the doors and the windows beforehand, and then they were breaking down yeah. closed off areas. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, and if they have like they can prove somebody was doing that, then you know, sure, like. Trying to charge like fucking hundreds of random chuds with like you know insurrection or whatever. Yeah, that's that's fuck, hell, that's gonna hell be yeah. Nuts. Rico act. Figure out a way to make it stick. <laughs> like they're going to like try to go that route, right? They're going to try to do that, like throw a pound of flesh to the libs, right? They'd be like, that, look, that's what it, that's what it is. Are you not entertained, right? Yes. And it's mm-hmm. it's yeah. going to. A no. not solve anything, and B just fucking like oh, not no. uh, avoid the real shit that has to be done, right? Like you're right, they, you know. Like I told you, bro. They got addressing go the source. Expatriate. I mean, but what does that do, though? It makes me. It's feel not better. like you're not going like. That's what I'm saying. That's all it does. It makes liberals feel better, right? It's not going to like lives. I'm not live. I mean, that's a lib tendency, bro. Oh, like, man, those, you know, I, th- you know, here, here I am. I, you know, I call you the the Lennon of my McCarthy, and then you call me a lib. Yeah, that's, cold, him, that's cold-blooded, bro. You know? <laughs> I mean, I didn't say you're a lib. I said that's a lib tendency. Mm. I mean, what the fuck can we do about it anyway? You know, it's just like fucking, you know, no, I mean, um, yeah, like of, team of sports. Course. Right. No, I mean, and look, it, and um, to to some degree, yeah. I mean, I I want like you know, I was talking with with Neil beforehand. I mean, I I want something to happen with them. I want them to get charged. I want them to have to to own up to to what they did in in whatever applicable way that they can prove, of course. But um, it, it is kind of fun to joke to joke around at their expense because they were they went in there so yeah. self assured that nothing was going to be done to them and they could just get away with all of it yeah i mean i think that's that's good that's what they should get you know like public accountability like that right like i'm even fine with them like you know being ratted out to their bosses you know but like i think it's the same thing with the impeachment right Mm -hmm. if you do the easy thing right if you try to place all the blame on trump because he's leaving and it's not going to be you know they he can bear, he can't fight back as much, and the same thing with them. It's like going to avoid actually fixing anything, right? Like mm-hmm. actually doing the hard job of like addressing how these people got that way, like how they were led to believe such nonsense, and you know believed in it so much so that they were willing to like. That's why they weren't wearing masks because they thought they were in the right, you know. Like they thought they were fucking justified, and Trump was gonna fucking win and pardon them or whatever, you know. That's nuts. It's like legitimately. Yo, fucking, sunshine. You know. But um. Yeah. Yeah. So they um. Um. Huh. I was gonna say no one out there is in their right mind. No, no. You're, I mean, yeah. that, that's that's exactly you know what you know how we started talking was. You know they 
you know, they, they uh, or they had to have some point. A couple of them would have had to know. Maybe they, maybe this is too far. You know, maybe we shouldn't go and be past these barricades. Maybe we shouldn't be on the on the Senate floor. This is this is probably not a a place that you know we're meant to be in. You know, breaking into offices. Maybe this is you know a little over the line. You know, I'm sure on an individual oh, yeah. basis they probably would have thought that. But you know, they're part of a mob, so of course everything's like, all right, fuck it, let's let's do everything. And you know, at mm-hmm. one point. You know they. You know that's uh, reported now that they were smearing crap all over the floors, and yeah. I. I don't know what when they had time to take get the crap. <laughs> Somebody was ready. Like, <laughs> yes, exactly. See, like who? Like somebody donated that this. Part, um, mm-hmm. Well, like the. Um, it just reminds me, like people were, um, like sharing that West Wing clip earlier mm-hmm. of uh, what's his name Whitford. Yeah. Like. The, with the Capitol building, like it's just like the way they venerate that building, you know, like the 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 like institution, like the DC institutions. Like I like you know, I'm not I'm not going to complain about that aspect of it, right? Like <laughs> seeing that shit get fucking wrecked in front of them. Yeah, <clears throat> and um, this, uh, this is one of the guys that ended up passing away. Um, where you go? He died after he accidentally tased himself in the testicles, and then he suffered a heart attack as a result. Yeah, <laughs> I cannot laugh. Uh, I can, yeah, I can't not laugh when I read that. It's just hilarious. <laughs> you see what I mean? Yeah, like you know, like the guy died, and it's sad, I guess, because he died. You know, somebody, but it's kind of hard not to laugh. When that's when I mean, it's it's their, it's their own doing. What were they doing there? Right. With a taser, mm. um, you know, like it's his own taser. Well, I, mean, I, I, always, himself. I always have my taser on me. Oh man, I, I'm, 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 I'm always packing taser heat. <laughs> um, you know, and, and uh, what, yeah. what you were bringing no, up earlier, be... Nia. Um, I mean, check this out, Matt. Um, name them: State Delegate Derek Evans, Senator Doug Mastrano from Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Terry Lynn Weaver of Tennessee, Representative yeah. Assemblywoman uh, Annie Black, Representative Mark Fincham, Senator Amanda Chase from Virginia, yeah. Representative David East, they should all be Representative impeached. Justin Hill. Yeah, I did not hear about oh. the one from Virginia. I'm going to have to uh, do something about that one. I'm, I'm in Virginia. Oh. Yeah, and which one? You're talking about like yeah, they yeah. should be impeached. Like all the cops should be fired. Like what? And the you you know like whatever you can do, like whatever. Um, Bro, but I mean, isn't that like saying that they should have removed AOC for her sit-in in, in Pelosi's office? <laughs> what? I mean, yeah, it's totally the same. <laughs> I'm, I'm messing with I you mean, because we were having this whole discussion before. <laughs> I mean, she went in there with a I mean, that's not. Like though, there wasn't like the reason that bothers me about them doing that is because they were leading, you know, like leading their constituents there, right? Uh-huh. Like that's the problem. It's not that they were, you know, protesting or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. that they were like telling people, telling their constituents like that were justified to do this, mm-hmm. you know. You know, um, and like this is, and this was the other part that got me. Uh, the people that were going and showing up there. Look, look at this. Texas woman flew on a private jet to Washington, D.C. to storm the Capitol. Right. Yeah, no. 
like anybody trying to say that they're like working class or something is fucking an idiot, right? Like they're that's you know they are are not. This wasn't like a proletariat uprising, you know. And th- that, like that um, like that has been my point about this shit. You know, like you you see some people on the left out there trying to claim this like as some kind of win for us. <laughs> you know, no. I mean, like I said, I've, we've talked about it a, a lot. Like, I think it's a win in that it's like, you know, um, weakens of the like the institutions, you know, like makes them like, I, I think that that window analogy is good, right? I think like the windows were smashed out and hopefully they won't be replaced. Like they, they won't be as sturdy when they get put back. Yeah, I'm a little bit worried about that. I don't know mm. if it's a win because they probably. I think you know they probably will be more sturdy. Uh, Biden's already talking about passing new laws mm. to be able to crack down on yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not. That, I mean, not those aren't the windows I'm talking about. Like the um, the the pedestal, right? That that was put on, right? I feel like it's a lot more malleable now. Like it's a lot, it's a lot less like intimidating. The the thought of you know, doing some something good, and and uh, you know, well, this is a part that has me freaked out because if if are not really freaked out, but a little bit concerned, um, you know, I and th- and that's kind of why I do want the feds to kind of go. I mean, and to crack down on on the judge that did this because, um, uh, because you, you still but see shit like this afterwards. That, that's Wait, here we go. So today, Eric Trump said that he would physically fight with the pa- with the Patriots to save our country. Today, Representative <laughs> Mo Brooks asked the Patriots to sign uh, to to pledge our life and wealth to fight for our country. And today, President Trump told us to fight like hell. He said our cause was a matter of national security, and that these people behind the massive fraud must be arrested and brought to justice. And that task falls on the on the shoulders of we the people, the American Patriots. So over the next 24 hours, I would say, let's get our personal affairs in order, prepare our (laughs) weapons, and then go get them. Let's hunt these cowards down like the traitors that each of them are. That includes rhinos, Dems, and tech executives. We now have the green light. All who resist us are enemies of our constitution. We must treat them as such. Today, the cowards ran as we took the Capitol. They have it back now only because we left. It wasn't the building that we wanted. It was them. Um, yeah. Here go, the yeah. Spirit. Like they weren't protect, protesting unfair wages or workers rights or anything. They were protesting the result of an election. Yeah. They're, I mean, what were they, what were they you doing? <laughs> what, are they, what, are they, what are they fighting for? They're, I mean, they're fighting for no. their, their version of their, of whatever state that they want to have in power. No. Um, yeah, no, they're, it's, they're basically like, they are capital, right? They're just like a different faction of capital. Yeah. They're not, they're yeah. not, they're not workers. Yeah. And, and see that, that's, that's why. And like, I couldn't really figure out a way to word this before, but it, it was kind of like, think of it as like two factions of the state just fighting against each other. It's not our fight. Let them mm-hmm. have that fight. Yeah. I ain't worried about yeah. it. No, it's not our fight. Um, no, I mean, no. if they had taken control, it could have been. Not that I think that they would, but if they had, mm. no, that wouldn't be good for the left. Oh no, oh no, it, no. it wouldn't. It wouldn't have been. Um, and that's why I yeah, wasn't. They, ang- and, and that was. That's why I wasn't angry when the cops started arresting them and taking them in, or, or even later that night when they started actually uh, being rough with them. I was like, all right, 
Right. Let, oh, them yeah. fight. Let them fight amongst themselves. No. Yeah. As a, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. I think they were just being used as tools, like I said earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and but ultimately, like between fascists and cops, I prefer the cops win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I think um, I think I'm, I think I'm I, not going to pick sides in that fight. Yeah, I think I kind of lean like, more towards what I'm you're saying. I'm not going to root for the cops. <laughs> I, I know it's not like not really not rooting. Really Maybe it's not really rooting for the cops so much as working diagonally between them. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to root for them to fucking crack each other's skulls. Like yeah. I like that stat. What was it? Like it was like fifty six and them in the hospital or something. That's that's oh, I like wild. that, right? But like cops were on both sides. That was the other thing. Yeah. That's a good yeah, point. Yeah. The cops that's were on right. both sides. Mm-hmm. And like we had you know, while that thing was going on, a bunch of people were speculating, you know, yeah, well, let's see, I guess those are the off duty cops and those are the ones that are on duty. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I tweeted yeah. out at one point, Well, it's gonna be awkward when it's the shift change and they gotta change sides. <laughs> Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and um, there was someone saying that they actually were flashing their ID badges. Yeah, yeah I caught that. Yeah, yeah, it was like yeah. a former military that, guy. That's and, what I mean. Like, yeah. Oh, you said they were tools. Yeah, that's what I'm There's saying. Oh, I want to yeah, yeah, go after the people who are wielding the tools. That's what I want. Like, I want the person who's holding the tool. I want. Uh, that's who I want to go after. Right. Like, I want the the politicians and the media apparatus and all that shit to be investigated out in, and aired out in the open. Right. Like I think just like you get the guy who sat in Pelosi's chair and you make an example of him. Like that's, I, I don't think that's going to make anything better. Right. Like it might like, you know, I think it's just going to make them like that post you just saw. It's just going to make them angrier and more you know, radicalized. But I think if you go after them and sort of, like delegitimize and debunk their whole like um, you know misinformation networks and kind of air it out in public and kind of have a, a a trial on the merits of that. I think that has a real shot at kind of breaking down some of their their uh, echo chambers. Plus, I want fucking Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley and Matt Getz. I want them fucking kicked out of Congress. Yeah, like. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I agree with that. I just don't think you have to pick either one. Like, do everything. Oh, well, I'm just same thing with the impeachment. I'm just saying, like, what is the attention span for the political class in this country? Like, they Joe Biden doesn't want to do anything, you know. Like, but he's perfectly fine with fucking putting a bunch of chuds in Guantanamo or whatever, right? But he doesn't want to have an uncomfortable conversation with colleagues in, in the Senate. You know, he doesn't want to have to like, like look Ted Cruz in the eye and fucking call him a, a mm-hmm. you know, a bullshit artist or whatever. You know, like, yeah. well, that's the shit they're they're gonna try to avoid doing. You know, these guys like fucking Ted Cruz, like we said last night, he was fun fundraising, like help me fucking help these guys. Yeah, you know, like yeah, see that's the that kind out. of shit. That's what I'm saying. That's the kind of thing that I think needs to be addressed, right? And that's the kind of thing they're going to try not to address. Mm-hmm. I mean, the real ticket, the big ticket item, right, would be like um, if they accepted that the cops weren't their friends, right? That the cops were an enemy of democracy, right? They were an enemy mm-hmm. of, in particular, they were an enemy of, like, the left, of Democrats, right? Mm-hmm. All fucking summer, these cops are just cracking skulls, and then Joe Biden's up there, like, you know, we want to fund the police more, Jack. Like, I don't want to defund nothing. Like, I, I love the cops, right? Mm-hmm. Not understanding as these, like, cop unions are endorsing Trump, right? And he's nothing, like, if you look at, like, you know, um, de Blasio, 
just like bending over backwards trying to appeal to these cops and they're like kidnapping his kid and like uh just doing every like running over protesters in the street doing all of this shit no matter how much he tries to like appeal to them that just makes them like worse right that makes them hate him more and be more committed to like you know crushing dissent yeah like that's the thing that has to get dealt with right yeah like, and, well okay um, and then well okay so here we go so so like you talked about matt uh, from the graval institute uh they just suspended trump from twitter you know we're finally free i mean this has been quite a night for suspensions yeah man. so yeah exactly so and then here we go so when you get banned from instagram facebook and twitter for all intents and purposes you're off the face of the internet right and then um i don't agree with that come on okay what are you like into these guys the have league? their whole these guys have their whole alternate internet like that's like you know the liberal internet but there's Fucking Parler, Gab, 4chan, all of that shit is still wide open for them. Oh. So it's not like they're off the internet, you know? They're, it's not that it's same like, level, though. I mean, like, how many people are on Parler? Gab's, like, dead. And, oh, that, that, right? that reminds me, though. I mean, they pulled Parler off the Google Play Store. So the, or did they do it or it's all they were they threatening to do it? No, they pulled it. They pulled it. And then uh, Trump, mm-hmm. he was... Um, That's fucked so up. When they suspended him... They pulled him off of the. See, they pulled him off of. The, so they pulled him off of Twitter, and then he started relaying messages through the campaign account, the t- at Team Trump. Yeah, I'm saying that's what people do. They have a fucking alt, right? Right. Like, so yeah. So then. So that's what Trump did. He went to his alt account, and then boom, bye bye alt account. <laughs> yeah, a couple of other people have given him their accounts, and they've immediately got banned. Yes. So that's what the way. Ooh. So to to your point, Neil, that's that's the the wave of suspension that we've been seeing. Is because he keeps trying to go around that ban, and they're not having it. They're done with it. It's over. Like I said, I don't want him to be their sacrificial lamb, right? Like I don't want them to fucking like, look. I like lamb, you know. <laughs> I mean, you gotta think systemically here, man. Like, I want them to go to fucking take down Eric Trump's account and Matt Getz's account and. All that shit. Like, yeah. I want them to do that. You know, like, yeah, let's, let's that's do that. The, let's see, those the hard all, part. All but if they just fucking say, breaking grounds can't be monetized on the level of conventional ones. So, a ton of figureheads of that base will walk once through to play, play. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I mean, look mm-hmm. at Milo. He, he's like, he, he said he was like broke after he got deplatformed. You know, I mean, exactly. he lost everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, I mean, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. You know, take him off of there. I don't care. It was never that big a deal to me, but it, it, it's still no, just I'm nice fucking, What I'm saying is the wording of the tweet is what I had a problem with. Not not mm-hmm. that it wasn't a huge a huge deal. I mean, I'm just saying what the like it know? wasn't a like like it wasn't like a just a joke. To you. <laughs> like the the humor of it just didn't resonate. No, I just think it was a. I just think it was a. a <laughs> didn't rise to the level of something that should be retweeted. Right. Oh, it's like you know. I just thought it was funny. Um. The, this is those probably, guys are see this one was probably I funnier. Mean, there we go, the great Q Trump purge. <laughs> it's as if millions of voices suddenly cried out in terror, and were suddenly well, they got rid of the Q accounts a while ago, right? Yeah, but and they all rebranded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just don't use the hashtags anymore. That was one of the Q drops. He told them to not Ooh. use the hashtag anymore. He told them mm-hmm. to like. Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, I think Q is going to dry up because I think Q is somebody in the Trump campaign. Like, I think it's mm-hmm. right up there. I think it's like, 
you know, if not him, somebody in his inner circle. These people, you know, are, so if, they, if they're not, they seem like they'll believe anything though. Like if, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's so the problem. Somebody could just continue to make it up, you know, like they don't have to have anybody in the, in the campaign. Well, the whole point of it was to fucking get Trump reelected, you know, sure. like that was what Q was doing. Right. So, I mean, maybe they'll kick well, back up also, in a little while once they have a goal. Mm -hmm. Like out the pedophiles or whatever. That's what they call it. There. <laughs> so, <laughs> them, uh, themselves. Uh, the calls coming from inside the house. Right. <laughs> but, you know, I was over with my dad earlier. Um, you were uh, talking about, you know, all this, this stuff that all the resignations too that have followed because you know the, the the dems have been trying to say okay invoke the 25th you know get, take let mike pence take control for like the last two weeks and and secure the peaceful transition and what my dad was saying is like look now they're all abandoning them they're like the rats jumping off the ship you know mm -hmm. and and they'd rather yeah. do that than go ahead and take any action against them like you know i i'm i'm sure there's probably going to be more resignations in the next couple of days and uh even through what's the problem i mean um, and 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 look, I'd rather them not resign. I'd rather them invoke the twenty fifth and and actually right. do the the principal thing. But you know, instead, like, well, we have a a, a picture over here of um, Betty Devaugh. Uh She was one of the resignations. Uh, there we go. So there, there's Betty Devaugh quitting. <laughs> <laughs> What's the bottom part say? It, it doesn't say anything. It's just oh yeah, it's just it's, um. With the life yeah, the, like, I just don't want them to be able to, like, they're going to be able to, like, do this impeachment thing, right? Uh, and if they, if they're successful, they're probably going to get the Republicans on board, and then they'll be able to say, "See, look, Republicans, we're great. Look what we did. We got rid of the toxic element, right? Mm -hmm. We fucking impeached Trump. Like, we voted to impeach him, and we're, you know, like Betsy yeah. DeVos will be like, oh, I resigned when he got bid.' They're all going to be able to claim that, and then they'll have their whole like Fox News will legitimize that version of the events, and it'll be like, you know, completely like the last four years didn't happen, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they, it's just like the um. The ruling class is fucking lazy at the end of the day, right? Or they're, they're like resistant to change in such a way that they like won't want to go and do the hard work to like have real accountability for any of the shit. And like the Democrats will bend over backwards to make it easy for them to do that, right? They, you know, they should just listen to the squad, you know, like listen to Cory Bush and Jamal Bum and AOC and let yeah. them take the lead on this. It's like the from, fucking, yeah, that, that's that's what I if want. If he's removed, yeah, yeah that's, that's yeah, what I want. Removed, I want. I also think that's why it's worth a shot to me is if we go ahead, if they do actually go ahead and impeach him and the Republicans just say, okay, I want to be done with this shit. I don't want to be having to go ahead and answer for Trump anymore. And I don't want him running in 2024 and have to go through this whole shit again. They can do all that Which, by just a simple, by simply impeaching him. Even for, for, last, for I mean, the last we also speculated. Mm -hmm. We also speculated that was like, I think the Republican establishment doesn't want him running again either. Right. right. So I think that'll be, fine with them mm -hmm. um but like i think if it happens that like half of them do and half of them don't like that'll be interesting seeing it like a you know like a, a true civil war on the right but like um if you just have like a few of like the you know like the libya i guess you need a bunch of them i think you need like 16 or 17 of them so like that's probably the ones who are just fine like they don't have any more political aspirations right but then it's just going to be where like those ones will be like 
you know, the lived Republicans, and then you'll have most of the party will still be the hardcore rabid base. Like, I want to stop because they're getting more radical, right? Like, if you take the straight line from like the, um, the, uh, like the Brooks Brothers riot to the, like the ACA, um, protests, like when they, like, were bringing guns to those, like, Medicare for all, not Medicare for all, to those healthcare town halls from there, and then to, like, you know, the whole, all the Q shit and just these past events in the last few years, they're on a trajectory, right? Like, and it's getting worse and the conspiracies are getting more outlandish and more like bolder. And I don't see any end in sight really, right? Like they have to make this like a real cutoff point, like a, a real, they have to actually try to deal with this fucking pipeline, right? Mm. That's, that's why I'm like actually in favor of impeachment though, because I mean, there has to be something that, that shows people like this is not going to you can't like continue to escalate this right I mean, if we, which is why i wanted no cory bush's plan yeah and and i think it's important to do both because you know one in one sense you're going you're you're uh you're um holding his um sink and fats in in freaking congress accountable which is good and they should be held accountable on the other hand you do need to hold him accountable you know, he was the one that was talking right before the 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 siege. That's what you know. That's what he was doing. He was out, and then on top of that, you do need to hold Giuliani accountable. You need to hold uh, Don Jr. accountable. All these people have a hand in it, and they all need to be answering for what what they did to contribute. You know, we we were looking yesterday. These these people were in a freaking tent partying while all this stuff was going on. They were like freaking, you know, <laughs> yo, what's going on, David? We wonder where you're gonna pop in. My TD. What's what, okay? What, what was the TDS thing, Matt? I missed it. Um, Trump derangement syndrome. Trump derangement syndrome. <laughs> um, I don't think um, he has TDS. No. Um, I have. Um, I have Trump look, derangement syndrome, but it's look, like the opposite, where I'm like, look, I don't have. <laughs> well, I don't have Trump, Trump derangement syndrome. I just want him to wear the jock strap of doom that we keep discussing, Matt. Um. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> um no like i don't want to like i don't i get Uh no pleasure from others experiencing pain like that's not something i I enjoy like i get pleasure from a better place right Uh, so maybe have more of a sadistic that's that's what i want to do (laughs) yeah i mean i mean i don't know i don't know i think i'm uh, like there's something appealing about you know seeing chuds in pain what's appealing to me is seeing them what's appealing to me is seeing them like second guess their uh-huh. their values right that's what's appealing to me so whatever we can do to do I, I that know. i think is what yeah, i want right. to do no like that that's that's much more reasonable than yeah i mean like, like public to, shaming yeah you know, but, like that okay that okay i'm sorry that this that i i look i don't i'm not upset when i go ahead and see Chud's crying because their leader sold them out. Like I won't feel bad about that when they finally realize that they got fucking took, that that they got thrown under the bus. Yeah, but you see it, like those rare occasions when you see like that thing in their eyes when they realize they're like, you know, I can't even do it. It's like really hard to do it. Like when you see it when they're like, wait a minute, this is all bullshit. You know, it's like those memes. Like yeah, the astronaut. When, when it, when it no, always was the, that that moment. The moment for me is when they turn around or like and, and realize okay trump lied to us he didn't march with us to the capitol like he said he was in a tent mm-hmm. 
He called us terrorists. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. He called them the Antifa. Like that, yeah, like, the, yeah, that's what like you're listening. They kept trying to say that they're thing, Antifa, you know? yeah. That shit is so funny. Look, or, or this, what's the other? That one I sent you. Pull that shit up. Which, uh, you, you sent it right now, or? No, like last night. Um, uh, let me, where is let me it? See. That, that, for, that, that 4chan post. The 4chan post. You sent oh, I Oh, this is the one I, I remember. I remember this now. All right, so this this, this was at 4chan post. So imagine spending the better part of the last five years having your brain and ego melted by uninterrupted political pressure, flying to Washington in the middle of a pandemic to hear Trump whine about Oprah and Mike Pence at a rally marching up to Congress on his orders to smash shit. Who's Oprah then, think she is? And then no, Oprah, she's over. You go home and hear that Biden won anyway, and all your favorite Twitter news sources named like patriot newsmen of the west with avatars of roman statues have posted your photo online and are labeling you a gay communist anti-factor <laughs> then uh, the next day the god emperor you pasted into the warhammer memes po- uh, puts a video <laughs> cucking himself and bending the knee i'm sorry those were heinous acts p- p- please let me tweet again jack <laughs> but uh you can't leave because uh, dc because the airlines have dubbed you a flight risk you can't stay because the cops are actively looking for you after one of their own died. Your roommate at the hotel would accept you um, is a guy named Based Kickstand1488 who wants to show you his Goblin Slayer Torrance. The sun is going down and you're getting cold. Oh, that's so... Look, come on. Like you, it, that's it, what it, I want. Well, th- that's that's what that's what I'm. I talking want that about. realization to dawn on them. That, well, I, no, that's fucking torturing about. them. Putting their balls in a vice or whatever oh is going to do the opposite okay, of that. First of all, if you're going to describe make the drug strap of live. doom, you at least describe it accurately. And second of all, it's just the fucking you know. I'm, I'm just kidding about it. I'm not really. I'm not really about it. Mm. You know, I respect the Geneva Convention, and I don't think you know drug strap that stabs you in the balls with needles every hour in the they hour. Should have to watch. <laughs> they should have to watch that 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 video of Trump cucking himself over and over again. Yeah. See, look. Is this, I'm, your, I'm, is this your god now? Yes. Yes. No. And then, like, just the add. Noise. You see, and then, like, add some kind of of uh, what do you call it? Clockwork orange apparatus. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They get uh, they get eye drops. They're good. I mean. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yes. I want so, them to see, like, yeah, mm-hmm. like uninterrupted feed of like reality. Like this is okay. the last five years that you missed. This is what actually like, happened. Who would, who would be like the most like Libby, um, annoying person for them to have to watch on replay over and over? Um, Samantha B. I, know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, that's, all that, that's all that plays in their in their cells. Samantha Fuck B. Twenty four seven. Yeah, Lin Manuel. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's that what Hillary they have to do. They, they got to watch Hamilton on replay. <laughs> The yeah, like that concert, the three concert with like oh, um, no. um, who was it? Was it like Peaches and uh, like uh, a bunch of like bands did like all those like Hillary songs? And Lin Manuel Miranda did that Hillary rap. Oh uh, God! <laughs> what's the one I'm thinking of? Oh, um, uh-huh. the line about um, uh, Tim Kane in the membrane. Oh, that shit. No. Oh. It's insane that that actually. That that was real. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean. Oh, I want that no, that's injected so, into that, their veins. That's so freaking. Terrible. Yeah, that that would that would be that would be torture. 
and he didn't get he didn't even get put back on the platform either. Like, mm-hmm. um, what, what do you think so, he's gonna do? Do you think he's gonna like try to like? Because I, I was thinking, I was thinking he was gonna fucking go hardcore, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, Trump TV and keep keep up his shit. But I feel like he they they might be yeah. able to break him. You know, I feel I like feel they like might be able to. You know, I feel like after the whole um, conceding thing, I don't think he has that that same, you know, yeah. support behind him. Goblin Slayer Torrance. Like <laughs> He's talking about Right, yeah, that, that's why. I mean, uh, but do you think that um, after everything that's kind of happened, he still would have that energy to, you know, behind him to go ahead and make something like that successful? Yeah, I think I, he's going to try really hard to get back on Twitter. Yeah, ultimately. Yeah, like that's a good point. Yeah, oh. yeah, he's probably going to sue and, and be like, you know, be I tight then. My platform. <laughs> um, uh, well, like, oh, here we go. He's going to like he'll probably like debase himself trying to like get back on Twitter, right? Like he'll probably do a bunch of lip shit, like apologizing and stuff. So he gets like let back on, and then they still won't let him back on. Like the funny part is, they probably told him like if he does that, they'll let him back on, and then they mm-hmm. still wouldn't let him back on. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that that's that's a good point. This this is what we were talking about earlier uh, too. Mm-hmm. Let me let me skip it back here. Um, I mean, yeah, David. See, the, yeah, they were they were able to go ahead and smear shit on the walls and kick their feet up on Pelosi's table because they're allowed to do so. This is part of a plan to induce Patriot Act 2.0. I mean, th- that's yeah. a possibility. I don't know what it is. That's the story they should have gone with. And, then, and that's why I thought, it was, I thought it was a bad thing. That, you know, I thought it was a, a bad thing in terms of ramifications because, the yeah, the chuds get to have their fucking field day and then the left gets to eat the fucking bill afterwards because they're going to come down hard with new laws and they're going to mm-hmm. crack down on us. For peacefully protesting, yeah, and they already cracked down. That was the conspiracy they should have done, though. Mm-hmm. Like the conspiracy that it was yeah, that Antifa was that did good, it to David. make Trump look bad. I, you keep that was call, dumb. You know, you keep calling me a op over there, but I don't know, David. That seemed like train stuff. What? <laughs> like, We've been, I've been saying it for like fucking three days straight now. Like, <laughs> they just like the liberals are so predictable, right? Mm-hmm. Like they know, they always know. Exactly how they're going to respond to any set of inst- like factors. They're like, okay, if we yep. do this, then they'll do that, right? Right. That's why they're like, it's so easy for like the chuds to troll them. Like mm-hmm. that whole thing with like the the Doctor Jill Biden. You know, it's like they knew exactly what effect that was going to have from them, and they do it every time, right? It's like, it's not hard to tell, you know. Like no, I keep saying though, it's like what nothing changed though. This is like the exactly what I thought of them last week. You know, like exactly what I thought of that crowd and what they were capable of. Like, I'm not, this isn't like, this isn't news, you know, this is like, mm-hmm. you know, I like that there might be political will to address it finally. Right. But like, mm-hmm. this is not a revelation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So, you um, know, I was going to say for, for the left, like, I mean, what, what we need to be doing. Uh, in terms of response is making sure that the conversation on at least when in regards to the police like we can't let people frame this as if the police failed because if that's the conversation then all we're going to get is more funding for the police people like Biden exactly said, oh you know what they, they were just not prepared for this they, they had intel that this was going to happen yeah they just ignored it yeah mm-hmm. and they had yep. and 
look, and then all the the mechanisms to actually deploy force that would have been able to stop them somehow failed. I mean, you know, when, whenever something big like this happens, you know, it has to be a failure of multiple levels and multiple contingencies, mm-hmm. you know, and for them to get as far as they did, it, it, there's a, there's, it's either incompetence or complicity, right? It, right. It, you, you, there's no in between. And given what we know, um, the, what we know that this government is capable of when it comes to their crowd control um, methods, the, the amount of violence that they, that we've seen over the summer when it came to just causes, you know, people in the streets and uh, protesting um, for the, for the unjustified death of, of innocent civilians by, at the hands of cops. We know this is what they're capable of. And we even saw that in DC, what they're capable of. And to not see any remnants of that or any kind of anything remotely resembling that, um, it, it it leads me more into that into the side of that they were just willing to go along with it. Then some level they agreed with what they were doing. Yeah, in D.C. they shot tear gas into people's houses whenever like, right. protesters went in there. Like they were, I mean, ruthless. Mm-hmm. And and with these people, they're like, you know holding their hand and walking them down the steps and giving them water. That That's a bunch of bullshit. Mm. And the propaganda we saw all summer, like just, they got caught in so many bald faced lies over and over again. And right. there's just, I just hated how this shit keeps happening and they don't have any, there's never any recognition like, Oh yeah, the cops were full of shit, right? Like they just let it them keep spouting off their bullshit. It's amazing how much people will see the cops just lie uh, and do all all this shit, and just they're still not open to like defunding the police or you know, like, abolishing yeah. entirely. Like, what is it I mean, I just don't see why the Democrats aren't. Like, this is one contingent of voters, right, who are going to be opposed to you at every step of the way, right? They're never going to vote for you. They're never going to donate to your campaign. They're never going to do any of that shit. Like, you need to stop using your political capital to defend cops, right? Like, the country is saying, you know, hey, these cops are fucked up. Fucking 53% of the country thought it was okay to burn down that police station. You know, like, people understand the cops are bad. We've been saying it and screaming it. The Democrats are, like, doing cover for them. It's just dumb politically. It's dumb... You know, it's dumb, like, morally and ethically, right? But it's, it's like, also dumb politically, strategically. Like, use your power, fucking own the cops, you know, defund them, fund other sections of the bureaucracy that are actually going to be solid contingents in your on your side. You know, like, if you had a public, se- like, say you took, like, you know, a third of the cops' money and put it in, like, nurses and some sort of, like, you know... Um, whatever like intervention union or some something like that right and had like a whole new union for like social workers and and you know like paramedics and stuff they would vote democrat right and they would be powerful right they would be a counter on the cops they would be a voting block in your favor who would do the respond to the needs of the country and then they would be your allies and then they won't do it you know it's just it's fucking they'll always like they'll always point to the polls like and say that you know these sorts of things aren't they don't have a full majority of support yet but there is like a pretty big contingent of the country that supports it and you know 
not everything you do has to be completely supported in the polls. If they went out there and actually made the case for all these things, there would be more people who support it. Right now, like, they're just cowering in fear. So no <laughs> one's going to, you know, like, they're not making the case at all. So no one's going to really get behind that. <laughs> it's well, like, like, I think rights. people, well, it's like we kept saying about Clyburn, right? Like, he kept going out there, like after the election, they kept saying like, let's defund the police shit. This cost us votes, blah, blah, blah. And then they would just buy into the right wing framing of it. Right. But then you have compared that to what's that guy's name? The, the fundraising guy, Maloney or Mahoney. Right. Yeah. And then they asked him the same question. He was like, actually, you're wrong about that. Right. Like, and then he just set the guy straight. Like that wasn't so hard to do. Right. And that guy's a fucking me shit lib he could do it just fine right but this leadership of the democratic party is stuck in 1975 or whatever like 1985 they like they won't adjust so like they don't i get so frustrated with like you see all the left's platform polls pretty well most of it does you know like it's all above a majority especially among democrats themselves and these assholes won't embrace it because you know a it's they have to confront capital and b they have to like do something different, you know, and they have to actually <laughs> be responsive. After Matt's inter- internet connection, yeah, that's what happens when they- DJ Tom Hanks gets too gets too real. <laughs> uh, well, been real. See, and there's a okay, so, um, because there, there was another story in here that I wanted. I'm to scared go. of my uh, conversation with Aaron last night about finding that secret alien technology <laughs> that they've been hiding from us. <laughs> Using that to. Pull. So, um, let's see. so uh, this this was um, I don't I don't know what to go, to go with this, but it was just kind of ironic. So it was one of the the <laughs> there. So yeah, Georgia a, a Georgia woman was trampled to death in the Capitol riot that um, and she had she was flying around a don't tread on me flag to the protest, which I don't think her cohorts awesome. read. Awesome. Yeah, uh, it's fucking sick. I don't know. I, I, it I'm saying, I think stuff like that is helpful. Like seeing them be embarrassed and seeing them just the complete failure of their ideology and the complete like, you know, emptiness of it. I think that's good. That's that's good. We need more of that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, getting the guy fired from Shoney's or something, you know, because he was like the whatever, like at a Trump rally. I I don't necessarily think that's good. Mm-hmm. Are you going to tell us about MMT or what? Well, yeah, I mean, we have been talking about politics this whole time. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, let's talk MMT. Sorry. All right. Um, well, so Tony keeps doomer pilling me on um, if the um, if the international community decided to say "fuck America," like we're done, you know, putting up with your shit, and they wanted to switch to a different. Um, you know, grow, like re- reserve currency. Like, what would happen there? Like, have you thought about that? Well, yeah. I mean, if countries shifted off of using the dollar as a reserve currency, that would weaken the dollar a bit. Um, ultimately, I don't think it'd be the biggest impact. Uh, I think it's can often be overstated how much it would impact our economy. It would be a drag on it, but mm-hmm. um, I, I support it. I don't think <laughs> it's a good thing that the world is uh, dependent on the U.S. dollar. I mean. I was just telling my family the other day about how um, you have all these like tourist destinations in the form of these like, you know, Caribbean islands, uh, U.S. Virgin Islands. And like the reason is that they took out huge loans from the IMF and like World Bank uh, and the World Trade Organization, like 
they, they force them to take out these loans in foreign denominated currencies. So when they have to pay it back, they have to pay it back in dollars or in British pounds. Oh, so then their entire economies are revolving around getting that kind of money, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So if, if more countries had more monetary sovereignty, they'd be better off. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I mean, yeah. So, uh, so the whole Doomer pill thing kind of came about because I can't, I, I keep standing by my uh, statement that I, that if they keep doing stuff like quantitative easing and, um, just throwing in trillions to stabilize the stock market that eventually at some point that that has to result in some kind of uh inflation scenario or you, you know you have to get to a where you get to a point where there's some kind of uh devaluation of the currency because of their their uh economic tactics you know and mm -hmm. i'm not too afraid of inflation i mean especially not from quantitative easing uh -huh. quantitative easing it's it's not like it's not the most stimulative tool. We've seen it in action for like a decade now. We haven't seen inflation. Uh, the reason is that you know this tool is already pretty much at its limit. Mm -hmm. uh, the interest rate has been zero forever, and <laughs> the long-term rate of interest continues to fall. Mm -hmm. uh, this sort of market accommodation can only really influence demand to to an extent, and it's already pretty much done. So. I mean, if it, we were going to experience any inflation from it, it would have already occurred. I mean, is there a reason? I mean, because I mean, it just kind of seemed like it stand a reason you throw more current, you throw, you know, all this uh, amount of currency into the into the economy. I mean, is there a reason why we wouldn't have experienced inflation till this point? Well, yeah, because that money is not going into the economy. You know, quantitative mm -hmm. easing, they are buying a. Uh, uh, what is it, U.S. Treasury bonds and mortgage-backed oh. securities, and now mm -hmm. they've expanded to corporate bonds as well. Oh, um, damn. Junk bonds. Yeah. Mm, right. <laughs> but you're basically just giving money to big banks and also corporations now, and they're they're just sitting on it. So until that money actually moves into the economy, it doesn't okay. create inflation. Oh, okay. That makes sense now. Yeah, see, so... Um, so it's just keeping the rich richer then so it's just it's just right. money that they're basically, basically. sitting on for a point. <laughs> it, it, you know yeah it gives mm -hmm. them like a bunch of cash to just hold or not like physical cash but mm -hmm. they it just keeps them the people that they're buying this debt from uh yeah what's going on pj stable mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah about pj yeah so i mean uh um, and and looks i mean for me i i guess i i do i had more of a kind of a worry yeah. about uh inflation and all that kind of stuff just because i mean i i i figure based on how things have gone with the slowing of the economy but they keep pumping up the stock market i in in that scenario i kind of figure well i mean their tactics are kind of artificially keeping things afloat um i wouldn't use the word artificial i think mm -hmm. it's always a little bit weird to use that i mean maybe not artificial they're like just they're, they're manipulating they're manipulating things so that way it wouldn't they won't experience a crash sure yeah mm -hmm. uh, and i mean it's better than letting it crash i guess but yeah it's not <laughs> going to get us to where we need to be no and you know in terms of what would generate actual inflation will be like something that actually creates more production or <laughs> more spending in the economy mm -hmm. uh so like fiscal policy would generate inflation potentially. Mm -hmm. And I mean, so there's, you know, there's a, a couple mm -hmm. of different ways to uh, talk about inflation. There's sort of demand pull inflation and cost push inflation as they call it. Right. And 
you know, demand pull is whenever you have like more spending in the economy. So then you're bidding up the uh, available productive assets uh, in production. And mm -hmm. because it's in the short term, you know, there's a scarcity, there's a limit to some extent, uh, you bid up the price. This the MMT school doesn't think that this is like, yeah, there we go. So this is what this it's is what we're trying to get to now. About. So, uh, how come yeah. they can pump trillions into the supply yet we ain't bringing the wheelbarrows to Starbucks on cash for a latte? Well, I mean, what what you had just said, Neo, is because it's not really they, in the economy. But because it's not right. really in circulation, right? It's just yeah. kind of thrown in there. But like, so it does like the it, same bad stuff because it keeps these failing businesses over leveraged, and they're not mm -hmm. fixing their business model, and mm -hmm. it's not it's not letting capitalism work, right? It's not letting they have these private equity companies that are getting in the middle and that whole extra layer of the economy is just kind of being created out of thin air to keep those rich people sucking off the system without contributing anything. Like, I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's, that's terrible. Like it's not letting like Toys R Us shouldn't have gone out of business, you know, like that whole thing bothers me every time I think about it. Right. Like these, these middlemen who are going in there and like, Def, like you know defunding these like rural hospitals like in philadelphia too like the private equity people would just buy up these hospitals and run them into the ground and collect on the assets right like mm -hmm. that that's terrible for the economy that's terrible for the country and i feel like that's supported from this quantitative easing layer mm -hmm. right like yeah, you got it PG. maybe i'm extent. oversimplifying it well, you know, I mean, I think that, you know, the market accommodation certainly keeps them from yeah. falling apart. But uh, that sort of thing with uh, private equity, this sort of corporate rating, it just, we should just make it illegal, <laughs> you know? Like, we, we shouldn't mm -hmm. even rely on, on monetary policy to, to police that. It should just not be something that you can do. Because, like, what they go in and do is, you know, they take control of these companies, they load them up on debt, and then they take <laughs> they take their pay from the debt that they gave them and then they you know mm -hmm. uh, leave um so how could we use monetary policy to help the workers like could we do that or would that be something that capital could interfere with they could right or, and, and you know like the the other the other thing though that i mean i, I kept hearing from libs when i was on that uh, on the platform committee and everything in here in texas they kept threatening me with hyperinflation because of uh ubi <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, well, yeah. So I mean, EBI is a whole conversation. Mm -hmm. um, oh wait, sorry. What, oh yeah, monetary policy for the workers. I mean, mm -hmm. personally, you know, NMT as a school, uh, and myself personally, I don't really believe that monetary policy should be the the tool that we use. We should be really using fiscal policy. Mm -hmm. uh, there What's are the difference? Well, monetary policy is the central bank, uh, its maneuvers, its ability to, in to influence interest rates, and as well as actually its financial regulation abilities, which don't get talked about enough. But um, mm. fiscal policy is whenever the federal government spends money, as well as, you know, how it structures the economy. Mm. And it's funny, you know, that it's called MMT, that it's the mon modern monetary theory, because uh, the crux of the school is really to focus more on mm. fiscal versus okay. monetary. Yeah, that okay, that makes sense. Oh. Um so you're saying that Congress is like that this whole like pay go concept, this whole like Pete Peterson worldview is incredibly flawed and not 
actually helping anybody and and see like that at all and see look at that yeah, that same thing is data. and see that's what they and you know like now that i'm recalling that's why they kept advocating for paygo when i was having these arguments about ubi and shit in those in those uh in those uh com- sure you can do paygo fucking tax the rich <laughs> you know like, we could do it <laughs> no, if you but, want but, but you guys don't want that no, but, but really you know? like, the, that's like a, you, that's but like when when it came to go when when it came to us trying to go ahead and advocate for different social policies or different you know like I said the UBI thing that was the argument I got was oh so Mr. Gonzalez are you at all concerned about hyperinflation hyperinflation <laughs> it's really funny yeah 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 mm-hmm. so yeah like Pago I mean we have to that is something that the left should be fighting to eliminate and uh-huh. i mean it looks like we're going to still be dealing with it i think pelosi's i mean has said or has this is already been you got it for out. climate and health yeah and which were which mm-hmm. i guess there were the the two priorities that aoc has are green new deal and medicare for all so that's why she wanted the exemptions for those and right. you know i mean granted she did get them so and that is important in, mm-hmm. at least in those two um in those two aspects of her fucking sell out in <laughs> those two agenda and those two aspects of her agenda that is that is true but um i i mean how could we get people to go ahead and see that that's kind of like a, a, a false argument that they keep bringing up well that's really why you know i'm a supporter of it popularizing mm-hmm. mmt um mm-hmm. it's the whole idea i mean there's a lot of literature on this now that we don't have to tax to, in order to spend that's really a central idea to it. Okay. That the government can spend whatever it wants, and then taxes are one tool amongst many others to control inflation. But okay. we shouldn't we shouldn't uh, have a budget constraint for government spending. We should have an inflation constraint. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to that end, a lot of MNTers advocate that we have a much uh, much bigger bureaucracy that's dedicated towards studying the economy and looking at inflation at a deeper level and also doing a better job of coming up with budgets mm-hmm. that would not generate too much inflation. Uh, this will require us to study the economy constantly and to, to do a lot more than we're currently doing to study it. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the time when you look at these statistics that are reported, uh, they're very aggregated. Uh, you know, you have like headline inflation. That's what everyone focuses on. But that's mm-hmm. the average of all price changes in the economy. There's some prices that are dropping. You know, at any given time, half the prices are dropping and half the prices are rising mm-hmm. to some degree. So it's kind so of like so like the the message the messaging the around uh, stuff is rising. So like the the messaging around inflation gets weaponized because you they have a tendency to go ahead and or like their agenda focuses on one um, on the prices that are rising, not the ones that drop. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Is not that? even like having this just highly aggregated number, the headline inflation, total mm-hmm. inflation rate the economy, the way to obscure what's really happening in the economy. Okay. Like you said, there are things, the important things we see the price rising for and the, you know, less important things like televisions and video games. <laughs> uh, you see the prices <laughs> dropping quite a lot. Uh, although computer mm-hmm. parts also, but yeah, that's like, I mean, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Is there any like economic advantage for them to be pushing austerity or is it just their mindset and 
you know, their like sadism or whatever. Like, is there, you know, like the Republicans talking about like, oh, the you got to balance the budget. Yeah, to balance the budget. Is that actually deficit and helping somebody? Well, yeah, I think you're right to say it's a mindset thing because they think it's helping them, but you know, mm. uh, austerity has not has never worked. Look at every economy mm. uh, that is engaged in austerity; it has been bad, and I don't think that it helps anyone. I mean. They think that will help the rich people. That's that's what their intention is, you know. Okay. They're, they're there you rich go. People, Thank you. That makes sense. See, that makes sense. Mm. So they so they so do like, this. So so they operate. Goes out there and does that. Uh huh. So like yeah, I mean so like when Lindsey Graham goes out there and does that, his donors aren't telling him to do that, right? He just thinks that's what he's supposed to say, or what? Yeah. Uh, you know. You know. I mean. The entire Republican Party and most of the Democratic Party, they have a very neoliberal uh, framework that they're operating under. And under that mm-hmm. framework, they, you know, that's the correct thing to do. So it is very much an ideology problem. Okay. Okay. But I mean, as from, um, but I mean, the actual economic impacts from following those, um, those neoliberal policies, I mean, what really are they then if, if it's not well, to the benefit of even to their even to the people that they prioritize. Well, you know, they, mm. they want to cut government spending so that they can cut taxes because they have an ideology that thinks that the markets will solve everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, with some caveats, but they, they honestly, I mean, most of them at least honestly believe that if they do this, the cut government spending, that the economy will improve, even though they have repeatedly been shown to be wrong about it. <laughs> um, I mean, you, you see it in the UK, you know, I remember watching the statistics in the UK as the government would cut spending and each time they did, it would harm the economy. And then they would <laughs> propose to even to cut the spending even more thinking that they hadn't done enough. They're just mm-hmm. sort of stuck in a cycle of thinking. Mm. I mean, how do we prove them wrong? <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's what the MMT academics are trying to do by mm-hmm. putting forward their academic arguments. But uh, we can also, you know, engage in the policies that prove it wrong by spending more and showing how that can, you know, make the economy better. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the things that we really need to do is a, like a Green New Deal that we, we brought up before. <clears throat> yeah, it's a, that's it's what we keep saying. Spending. Yeah, right. It, it, and it would, it would improve the economy. So, you know, the best propaganda, I guess, is just a, that. <laughs> A successful policy showing people that it's mm-hmm. it works so if we can get just at least one win then that can be used to further the argument yeah this is like they keep seeing they seem to be doing this and it doesn't seem to be helping anybody like it doesn't even seem to be helping the rich people to like push for austerity to push for lack of spending um especially now during the you know the depression whatever you want to call it the you know recession covid recession like, yeah and then them pushing to like it, you know cut government spending like um and not invest in government services that we actually need like infrastructure and energy um you know healthcare that kind of thing public housing all the stuff that we desperately mm-hmm. need right them deliberately not doing it it seems like it would help the absolute richest of the rich you know just to consolidate more wealth at the top like when other people get broke, you can buy them out, but I don't see how there's any kind of advantages for it outside of that, you know, and it's just like, you would think that 
you seeing that you were wrong over and over again <laughs> and seeing that like it's not not even helping your donors right. is, would be bad right what? like i guess they just want to spend on like prisons and you know like oil refineries yeah <laughs> And, you know, I, I say that overall, it's probably not helping the rich, but there are going to be at least some people who come out mm -hmm. on top of everything. I mean, you look at Jeff Bezos, he's richer than ever after mm -hmm. this uh, COVID crisis. He's made hundreds, like a hundred billion dollars through right. this. Yeah. Yeah. Because everything else is out of business, right? And his business model has been resilient. He can keep selling stuff with pandemic and, you know, doesn't have to endanger as many people. Um, and the wealth just consolidates, right? People are broke in the recession and then the richer people buy up their assets and then your cycle repeats, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so what you're saying is we should burn it down. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah, we should take all of Jeff Bezos' money just because, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, like people will, they'll even to the detriment of a system advance themselves, like Jeff Bezos making more money uh, through this process, even though it hurts the overall economy. I mean, mm -hmm. that, you know, it makes sense for him as an individual. Hmm. But nobody else though, right? Not even the politicians, not, right? Like unless you're most, Bezos' yeah. district. Well, if you're getting donations from, from him, you know, uh, that's one of the benefits, yeah. so. Right. It's, it comes back to the problem. Money in politics is it's a huge, it, it's like a central issue for, for our politics right now. Right. I mean, but you would think that, like, if Bezos is getting happy off of it and he's donating to your campaigns, but all the other the people who used to be rich from retail sales and, um, you know, other kind of like logistics per, like providers, you would think that they would be pissed off and they would be saying, Hey, like you're doing this thing where, you know, Bezos controls everything. We don't like it. Like, I'm just like, I don't know how to message it in such a way that's going to appeal to the, the majority of the ruling class. Right. Cause it seems like those people are fine. Like the top of the top are fine. Right. Mm -hmm. But like the, you know, other regular rich people like millionaires are, are probably not happy. Billionaires are happy, but millionaires are probably pissed off. Right. Like, yeah. but if it, it's not appealing to them to do the right thing, cause it's good for the economy. It's not appealing to them to do the right thing because it's good for their, most of their donors. Like, how do you fucking deal with that? Do we just have to wait for them to die out? Like these, Tearless. you know, <laughs> let's, see, let's see what well, you have, David. Um, yeah, I think it's hard to reach those people um, who are rich, but not the richest. Mm -hmm. But that, again, like if we do engage in these policies, they'll see the benefit eventually. And they will, some of them at least come around. Um, because yeah, the inequality issue is getting increasingly bad to the point that even if you're in the top 10%, but not the top 1%, like you're living a, a decent mm -hmm. life. But mm -hmm. like the difference between the, the 10th percentile and the, the one the you know the top one percentile is incredibly huge like i would think that even if you're a millionaire how are you going to afford college you know like <laughs> even if you're making less figures how do you afford to spend like 50 grand a semester on your kids and stuff like i don't you know <laughs> it's got to be getting bad for them too well, yeah. I, 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 oh, yeah, you know, well, I guess what, well, you know, I, I've, I should ask you about this too, since we talk about cryptocurrency a little bit on, on the show. Um, what does a uh, cryptocurrency represent to the 
if the to the economy as it functions and the people that want to go ahead and keep things um away from crypto i guess well you know it's a it's a commodity that people would like to see become money but it mm-hmm. doesn't really have all the properties of money yet mm-hmm. uh namely it's not very stable there's no cryptocurrencies yeah. that are very stable in price um, mm-hmm. and as such they're not a great store of value uh these people want a cryptocurrency i mean the majority of the people engage in this uh because you know it removes the government's ability to regulate the money supply right uh, mm-hmm. which that's why you see a lot of these libertarian types they, they don't mm-hmm. like the existence of a central bank or of the government being in control of money yes so mm-hmm. and i think you know, it's, it's important <laughs> the government to even ban them if they feel like it mm-hmm. uh i'm not really it's not something I've deeply studied, you know, cryptocurrencies. So I'm not sure if there are good applications, but are, are some people on the left who argue that they can be used for good? Yeah. And uh, I guess like to, to me, I've always tried to kind of figure out the patterns with it because the original intent with it, with uh, the creation of something like Bitcoin was to give some kind of alternate in times of uh, economic uh, instability within the fiat currency. Right. So mm-hmm. then that that's, it was created after it was created kind of as a response to kind of the the crashes that occurred like about 10 uh, during the the housing crisis and all that that era of of uh things and um now with everything that's gone on with covid and all the craziness that's gone on with the the economic ramifications i mean it's shot to an all-time high you know mm-hmm. so for me i've always tried to kind of gauge the pattern what how it responds to the fiat market and to the economy as it functions um and I, I, I guess it's been hard for me to kind of dissect it, a pattern to that degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's instability, I think, right? Yeah. What is mm-hmm. this? Uh, oh, I only got through like the first. <laughs> In order to I got like two hundred pages into it. I couldn't go though. Mm-hmm. I had I got to put it down. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's just it so is- long. Anytime there's a recession, there's a sort of flight to safety, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like gold and so on. But there's right. also people who uh, engage in the the search for the yield. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like because the interest rate is at zero, there are people looking for some sort of way to make money. And uh, there is a lot of people who get into cryptocurrency thinking that they'll get rich off of it. <laughs> So, I mean, that's why you see that correlation sometimes. Well, I mean, like the for the way the way I kind of looked at it as far as being able to go ahead and, and get rich or make a, a whole shit ton of money, uh, it would have been a good time to got if you would have bought in at the beginning of last year. Yeah. <laughs> you could have made a pretty good amount of cash if you did that. But I mean, as far as like how you you heard those stories early on about how people became millionaires because they bought some crypto when they were like eighteen and it was. Um, it was a, a Bitcoin was worth a fraction of a cent, and then you know eventually is worth several is it a thousand check dollars. On banks, though? Huh? It would be good if it was like a a counterbalance to the banks, though. Is the way that I'm because I'm kind of neutral on Bitcoin. Like I'm like, it seems like there's pr- there's promise, and I like that they can't trace it as much or whatever. Like, is it? But is there like a is that is that a market force to have that store of cash outside of the banking system? Is that does anybody know yet? You know. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it would take the money out of the central bank's hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, the banks themselves they create money to an extent using you know through the lending process through credit creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the way that, I mean, all these different cryptocurrencies are made in different ways, uh, slightly different ways. But with like Bitcoin, you have to have computers um, solving these mathematical equations and so yeah. on. So they would, you know, they would certainly invest in that. Uh, but it does <laughs> like, you know, it is a force of creating money that is going to be like independent of banks uh, to some degree. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. sure how important that is to establish. I mean, personally, like, I, I think that what we need is a uh, the public money you know with mmt like what yeah. we want is for the public to be yeah. control of the money mm-hmm. and yeah. so i'm not i'm not sure that i believe that crypto is the best way to go about it because <laughs> the public is in control in a sense but it's in a in a capitalistic sense and that the most powerful have mm-hmm. the most control right I'm trying to think of ways we can do it without getting the ruling class to stop being such psychos. Like I, <laughs> I want to find like one neat trick to like you know disempower the ruling class, and I feel like there's there's not really any neat tricks out there. Like, well, you know, yeah. I wish it was easy, but um, I mean, there are certain MMT uh, policy goals that I think would radically change the economy, uh, and would disempower the rich in some way. Like the one that we haven't brought up actually that is really important is the federal jobs guarantee. Okay. Um, are you guys familiar with that Ooh. at all? Uh, yeah. I mean, that was one of Bernie's policies that he ran. Yeah. But I haven't thought about the like economic effects of it though. Like yeah. I just, and, and um, you know, t- like to me, I mean, get, I guess not having any real deeper understanding other than reading the policies, it, it, it you know, there was always, there was always that uh, debate that I would have online between people who would advocate for federal jobs guarantee versus people that would advocate for UBI. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and like, to me, I was like, why, why don't you just do both? But both of those. Yeah, I've had sense. the same question actually, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I don't know. I've heard some arguments against doing both, but I'm not entirely convinced yet, mm-hmm. but um, I do favor the, the uh, federal jobs guarantee as being the more, the priority. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because like, you know, Marxists talk about this all the time with how under a capitalist economy, they have to maintain a, a reserve pool of unemployed people, a reserve of surplus labor mm-hmm. uh, to keep yeah. labor's bargaining power in check. If instead everyone was guaranteed a job, well, that that no longer is that an, an issue. Like everyone will have a greater amount of bargaining power because let's <laughs> say like, you know, <laughs> you, you can't be fired as a, as a way to control you because you can always go to that, that federal job guaranteed job, the, right. the public job. Yeah. So I mean, wouldn't they just do that though? Like, wouldn't they have like a? I feel like they would weaponize it. They would have like, you know, like tears or something. They'd put you like in, um, like if you got fired or something, they'd put you in like the the reject column. So then you had to do like you know worse jobs or like got paid less or something, mm-hmm. right? Uh, let the private sector employer would do that. No, the government. Like if there was a government program that you had, you know, um, whatever, like say you got your federal jobs guarantee job and they were, you were like working at the cafeteria and then you yelled at your boss and you got fired and then you went back to the government for another job. Like, wouldn't they like, I don't know. I feel like they would screw you somehow. I don't know. Uh, I guess it depends on how we we create this system. There are different proposals for how to structure it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like Pavlina Cherneva, an economist who wrote a book on this, the case for the jobs guarantee, her her idea is more decentralized with it all being in control of more local authorities, which is interesting to me. Um, there are also more centralized ones. And, you know, 
it's a good question on how do we discipline people who like continuously do, do a bad job. Uh, I'm not sure I have the exact answer on that, but <clears throat> I think, you know. I'm just trying to think of like practically how it would be implemented here, right? You know, they'd want to make some authoritarian, like they'd want to make some way to punish you with it, you know? Um, right? Uh, well, wait, who would want to make it? Yeah, like if the federal government, right? If they did it, first of all, I feel like they would try to do it through some sort of like tax credit thing, right? They would try to like pay companies to hire you, right? Or, <laughs> you know? You know? Uh, hopefully that's not what we that end like up with. Yeah, right? But that's what they're going to try to do. Some people might. We shouldn't let them. <laughs> so what, what we want is, you know... Like, a, traditionally, that's how they do job creation, right? Um, well, there's, you know, various different spending programs that have created jobs, but I, I don't think there's, you know, there's never in the United States been a, a sort of job guarantee like that where you just had, like, the public sector created jobs for the express purpose of employing people. Um, but, you know, the main proponents of this idea always stress that you would get a living wage for this public job. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> we don't want to give people jobs that are shitty, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> we don't, the idea isn't to just get everyone employed, but giving them like the current minimum wage. We, we, you know, $15 is probably too low at this point, but it'd be something, right. you know, we, we as a society democratically agree is a living wage. Mm -hmm. And, and I guess, just, and I brought up before, depending on your cost of living where you are, uh, $15 does make more of a difference than, you know, other places. So, you know, I, I, think, that's, I think that is why, you know, uh, Chernaba stresses the sort of decentralized version of this so that, mm -hmm. you know, because the living, the living wage is going to be different depending right. on where you're living. Right. And, and see, like, th that's kind of why it never really made sense to me to have just like uh, you go ahead and say, this is your your standard minimum wage for the entire country. When that that minimum wage is gonna mean mean a whole different thing when you're talking about living in some place like Los Angeles or New York versus you know if you live here, I mean it's a it's a it would look, be looked at as a godsend for a lot of people here. Right. <laughs> yeah. So um, ideally, these things will be democratically decided. Right. So I mean, to, and then yeah, I guess here. to to that to that it's end, hard. you know, you'd want. I, I mean, for me, I'd want something to be structured in a way that reflects cost of living in a given area. Mm -hmm. You know, but I mean, maybe that's a little bit. You got one fifteen dollars an hour. Well, like fifteen dollars an hour makes sense for some, for here. If you have uh, that, would be a living wage here. But then go to New York and say fifteen bucks an hour. That's not a living wage. You know, go, um, you know, in Chicago, I don't know if that would cut it either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, never it depends on what they do with housing because they have to do something with like the real estate market is very fucked up, right? It's like weirdly inflated and there's like the a, a glut of high dollar housing, but not enough affordable housing. Like they have to artificially do something there has to be some sort of controls introduced into the housing market in order to get the prices stabilized at a rate people can afford so if that's pay people more wages sure right but if you fix that you wouldn't have to pay people more 
right? Like you could pay them $15 would be a livable wage if your rent wasn't fucking $1,200 a month or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, we can have both of these. Like, uh, you know, we can have the federal jobs guarantee and we can have national rent control. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and that, yeah, that was another one of Bernie's policies was the national rent control, right? Mm. So, But is that going to fix the problem or just going to stabilize it yeah. once we fix it? Right, because if you did national rent control, they'd have to the rent would have to be low enough to control in the first place, right? You wouldn't ha- you wouldn't like Bernie's policy was based off the current rent, like it didn't do anything to like control the price as it already was. It just kept it at that rate. So, like right. you know, like in the San Francisco and um, like Seattle, there's all these like vacant condos like here too. There's all these like vacant condos that nobody lives in because nobody can afford to buy. Or nobody wants to buy because the real estate market's so inflated, and then you can't afford to live, uh, you know, like in neighborhoods. People can't afford to live, you know, most neighborhoods in the city, right? And then you can't afford to commute into the city. It's that whole interconnected problem. So, I mean, I think the jobs guarantee would be good. I think all that stuff would be good, but I think we need so much more, right? The economy's so shitty for workers, like, and nobody has tried to deal with it whatsoever in decades. Yeah, there's a lot that needs to be done, definitely. Mm-hmm. And you no, know, another thing that we can do is also increase a lot more of public housing. We used to have a lot more of it yeah. than we than we do now. Uh, mm-hmm. So massive program to increase public housing along with all those other things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah, it's not all going to be fixed by one policy. <laughs> well, um, so, well, I, I mean, one thing that I, I had, I mean, I'm probably not going to figure, you know, get an, a good answer. Um, a real world answer, I mean, to to this, but I did always kind of have a um, a question about is if Bernie had won and was able to institute these economic policies that we're talking about, say federal jobs guarantee, the public housing guarantee, um, what, what uh, and the criticism he would get is that oh, this is going to collapse the economy, you know, and <laughs> of course mom. it's a, of course it's a bunch of crap. <laughs> But right. I, I, I did wonder, okay, so then what would the, what would an economy look like with any with even half of the social policies and, and uh, economic and fiscal policies that Bernie would want, wanted to implement? Well, yeah, it depends. The on correct answer is based. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Or at least half-based. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, like, it depends on which ones we're talking about get passed. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like, he also wanted to uh, wipe away all student debt, which right. would... You know, that would be great because it'd give people a lot more money to be able mm-hmm. to spend, which then feeds into the economy because all these people yes. are having to spend on their uh, their student debt. Yes. So, yeah, then depends on which one. Just some segment. <laughs> so, I, so I, well, um, well, why don't we just like take a couple say or let, let's say that because uh, Bernie because uh, Biden is still talking about. I mean, Schumer at least. Is, I mean, it looks like he's going to prioritize the student debt forgiveness, right? So we take mm-hmm. that one into the equation, and let's say that we took a federal jobs guarantee into it. Um, wh- what would uh, be how wh- what would we expect to see as a result in the economy afterwards? Well, so um, Schumer has said he's open to fifty thousand dollars in debt relief. Right. Biden has said ten thousand, and there's mm-hmm. rumors he's going to bump it up to twenty thousand. <laughs> All of that <laughs> would still leave a lot of people indebted. Yes. But it is true that most of the people don't hold that much, so a lot of people would be free from debt debt. Mm-hmm. So increase the amount of spending in the economy, mm-hmm. um, which would you know increase the amount of demand, increase 
therefore growth and jobs. Uh, and if also we had a federal jobs guarantee, then you would then see everyone getting employed. Mm -hmm. So it would generate a little bit of inflation probably because we would be having a much, we'd be running a much hotter economy. Okay. Uh, and it's a little bit hard to say exactly. I mean, cause you know, we're, we're kind of in a crisis right now with this whole COVID yeah. uh, <laughs> depression. Mm -hmm. So with well, the jobs guarantee that the most people propose, uh, you could accept any job or you could take unemployment insurance, which I think a lot of people would not want to go to work right now. So they would take unemployment insurance. Mm -hmm. However, we, we haven't exactly extended that, right? So, I mean, I guess we just got the extension now. We got another extension. 11 so, weeks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but people would probably take a lot of that still. Um, and that's going to be okay. That, that, that unemployment mm -hmm. insurance ex expansion is actually a very important policy, but, um, unfortunately they keep cutting the size of it and this most recent one is not as big as the previous ones so yeah i think most people will take that in the short term if we're talking about you know post-covid we're, we're back to non-pandemic times mm -hmm. you know you're gonna have more people um taking these public jobs uh and you won't have unemployment because <laughs> that's the goal right like to eliminate unemployment and therefore <laughs> they're going to be able to, to bargain for higher wages yes <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that's what they're that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to frame it like it's like a a giveaway to the upper middle class, and it's just going to help like like rich white people. Right, and, that, that's the way it's kind of getting framed. And like, um, it's yeah. There's a lot of economists making this completely disingenuous argument uh -huh. that uh, student debt relief is going is is regressive. That it mostly helps the upper class, yeah. the upper middle class. It's just not true. If you really look into the data, it's not like. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, the, the answer to that I always had is like, okay, if you're in, if you're in massive debt, then you're kind of sinking in it. Then you're probably not part of that upper middle class that can afford right. to go ahead and and uh, pay it back, even if you right. did need and to take a loan out in the first well, place. You need a good job, though. Thing. Yeah, the, the children of the rich they don't take out debt to go to school. Exactly, like, <laughs> that's a that's exactly. a better way to say. But like it. the people of the middle class, you know, like my you know, like we're middle. My parents were, were middle class, right? So like, I I'm six figures in debt, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that's probably pretty common, right? Like, mm -hmm. and um, you know, your your parents are comfortable enough so that you're not like getting financial aid, right? But then you still have to pay full you know, full tuition, but like, right. if you, anything else that kind of prioritizes like lesser amounts, it's just going to keep stratified college education. Right. So that only rich people can afford to go to expensive schools. Right. Like, cause that's, you know, who else can even, like if I was starting college now, I probably wouldn't even go or I'd go to like community college or something. Right. And it's like, that's what you're going to see is just like, unless you're rich, you're just going to go to like a crappy school or, you know, a local school. Just like, you know, that reminds me yeah. of when um, I was in uh, law school and I would argue with this like libertarian girl that I would always, uh, that had a, a tax uh, law clinic with. And she would exactly. actually, she would advocate that that was a, actually not a bad thing that people couldn't afford to go to anything but a community college. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot no, of these it's people not good who are, who are making this argument. 
you know, a lot of the people who don't want to, the debt relief, uh, um, it's because they don't want it to be easier for other people to get yes, education. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> they want to maintain their elite status. Yeah. And yeah, that was, which, and those, those are, those are, that was a um, pretty infuriating arguments that I have because that's basically what you would tell me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, really it's like at the same time they try to pretend that they're like the wokest, like they're they they have like the the wokest takes, and they're the oh, the friend God. of like you know like the poor POC, and meanwhile they're saying like, oh, Biden should only do ten grand because if he did more, it would help you like you like Ivy League kids, like that thing we did with like that Nathan Robinson when he got dunked on a few weeks ago, right? Mm -hmm. Like that story we covered, it's like, they try to simultaneously pretend that they're the most like racially, like, you know, the biggest SJWs, but also they're somehow like, you know, they have the, like the best economic sense <laughs> oh, too. Well, and it's oh, just, yeah, like, David, what you're saying is, Oh yeah, no, I would. So I what would, you're saying is that like only rich people should be able to go to Harvard, you know? Yeah, that that's the, yeah, that's the argument I would end up having to get from everyone. Yeah, don't worry about that, David. I I would constantly yeah, just like if you her. work at Vox <laughs> or Slate or you know one of those websites, like your your opinion is not worth a lot to me, but it does help. Right. You know, that's the people that fucking Joe Biden listens to. Yes. He didn't do much. He was just complaining about Biden only doing 10k of debt relief, um, and he's like, "That'll help me." So I'll be 140 grand in debt instead of 150 grand in debt, or something. And then some asshole from Slate was like, "That's you know, you deserve it or whatever." I think he, I think he said like, "What did he say? Like, shut <laughs> up, and get a job or something." Oh man, it's like, like yeah, we'd get we'd get those arguments online before where it was it was like, oh yeah. well, I got to, I had to work night at an airline in order to go ahead and pay my student loans debt and you're six figures in debt then you got yourself into that mess that's like you you don't you, the inflation rate for education has gone up at an unnatural rate because of the government back loans right this is a problem this is something wrong the government did right. right the government made a mistake and we're paying for it so rather than fix it right by relieving the debt they want you to just deal with the government's problem and not recognize the the downstream effects of the government's uh, poor calculations right mm -hmm. no. yeah we've seen as usual time, a, a shift a shift mm -hmm. in the funding from being a public uh, publicly funded education to individually funded and that's yeah yeah like this is i mean it's been a total failure uh, <laughs> it, it's not just the availability mm -hmm. of the loans but you know we used to just give universities a lot more money like mm -hmm. directly from the state uh, so cutting them back means they had to raise tuition. And yeah, like this idea that we should be having individuals finance their own education. Uh, I mean, at this point, there's just no reason to believe this. But even originally, it's it's hard to believe that anyone bought this because the reason that we fund K through 12 education is because it is good to have an educated society. <laughs> like, you know, wait, there's a public for, benefit to education. Right. Well, wait a minute. Wait, good for who? <laughs> For society, yeah, they don't want that anymore. motherfuckers are getting too smart. Yeah, they, see, that's that's right. what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, for us, it's good. But, you know, you want yeah. a, you want an, a, an, 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 we want an educated populace. But I think, yeah, when uh, we talk about like the ruling class and and uh, those goals, they they don't want that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know the um, the CEO of uh, what was it uh, Netflix 
is is a major backer of of these organizations that are trying to privatize all education right because uh, they they would love yeah. to just be able to pay for their kids to be smart and you know everyone else just sit around watching netflix <laughs> <laughs> i got dumber in the last five years I just, right. <laughs> no i did too well, though well like you I'm know since we're, since we're on the topic of uh education and, and the loans and everything uh, what were what do you what would you say were the economic uh impacts of uh joe biden's um student uh uh, uh what was how can i say it the, where his the ability whole, to discharge student loans there you go that thing. one thank you <laughs> yeah so i mean what would what would be the impact of just a 10k that he's proposed um no what I, was it the original of the, the bankruptcy original, bill yeah the bankruptcy bill there you go oh, that was on the tip of my tongue. yeah well yeah the bankruptcy bill made it impossible to, for you to you know discharge your debt from yes. bankruptcy uh and that has been disastrous because Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes people make mistakes, uh, <laughs> and not that I think that this system of debt should be the way we do it. But if it's the way we're going to do it, then people need to be able to discharge it whenever they don't make any money. You know, oh, I would have claimed bankruptcy already. already. <laughs> right? Yeah, I I probably would have done the same thing. <laughs> because I made a mistake on a law school. Help me, oh, <laughs> bro. Don't worry about it. I want to be an elevator repairman. Oh. I want to be a Chad elevator repairman. The fucking based lawyer or the fucking virgin lawyer in the Chad elevator repairman. Bro, don't even worry about it. You know, we'll we'll, we'll fix we'll figure out something to do with that law degree. I got you. Um, There's always Patreon. <laughs> uh, right. So yeah. subscribe to our Patreon, so, Patreon.com/slash Unelectable Airwaves. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't gotta redirect them to the site. You know, click, click that about <laughs> yeah. link. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But um. No, but yeah, so what are the, I mean, economically, what are the impacts, though, if uh, everybody did have the ability to go ahead and and discharge their debt in that way? Because, I mean, let's face it, Daniels, uh, there's uh, a whole lot of money that's been taken out and, and uh, loans by everybody by going to school. And Well, yeah, mm-hmm. if you declare bankruptcy, it makes things a lot harder uh, in terms of getting credit, uh, getting, you know, a house. Right, uh, yeah. Uh, renting it and so on so it would be a lot of pain for people but Mm -hmm. it would probably be better for a lot of them because right now i mean they're uh they're they're paying way too much out of their income it's Mm -hmm. it's making them it's already making them struggle anyways yes and (laughs) they don't actually get anywhere because the interest Mm -hmm. is so high on these loans that they can pay for 20 years 20 30 years Mm -hmm. and it's just it continues to stay there it's static Right, and and uh, mm-hmm. at at the macro level, what are those impli- What is the what are the implications of that? Well, you know, it's less spending in the economy. I mean, mm-hmm. because this money is going, you know, there's the public loans and there's the private loans. Yes. Private loans, when you pay them back, you're paying back a bank. Yes, the bank then has more cash, and mm-hmm. it can lend that out or might, but it's not necessarily going to. Again, that's going to come down to <laughs> whether they have things to invest in. Mm-hmm. When you pay back the public loans. Uh, Oh yeah, everyone should strike. Probably <laughs> might actually get something done. Um, uh-huh. That's what I've been saying, man. Stop loans. paying your student loans. Right. <laughs> the money uh-huh. just goes to the government, and mm-hmm. so it's just getting taken out of the economy. It's like the equivalent of paying a tax. So, right. If that, you know, if they weren't having to pay that, then they would be going into the economy, and we'd be seeing better growth. We'd see more jobs. Okay. Uh, okay so yeah. So on. Because that, that was kind of my inclination. So if you go ahead and discharge your debt, then God forbid the bank didn't get paid. <laughs> and uh, 
<laughs> and then uh, the government wouldn't have that extra revenue in in the form of this kind of um, this tax in the form of mm-hmm. debt, right? So then instead, it would just go ahead and circulate around into the economy, yeah. which just seems like a much more um, it, it seems like a much more optimal option than uh, than uh, having everything stuck in one of these two places. You know, either what is it going to end up going to military funding? Well, that's another thing about MMT is that, you know, uh-huh. we want people to separate the idea of taxing from spending because right. really the government isn't taking your student debt dollars to pay for military spending. They're paying for military spending. Right. And the, the, the uh, money you're, you're, you're paying back from the, on the student debt is just, it's a wholly separate thing. Okay. These are separate parts of the economy, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's, again, goes back to the idea of looking at the economy at, in more detail and all of its different parts, what's going on in these parts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when the government spends on military How much of these stuff. Sorry, what? What are you trying to what are you trying to do? Um that link is bad. Oh, okay. Um I'll I'll um, get it. Man. Well, um mm-hmm. you know, so like when the government's spending on military stuff, it's buying things in that sector. Whenever it's taxing money out of student debt, that that's not connected to the military in any way. So, like, this money isn't it, it, it's it's not like everything is in aggregate. You know, um, I'm trying to think of how to put this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, whenever they buy a bunch of missiles, for example, they're going to be spending money on these this production is going to require workers in factories it's going to require resources to go into them and so on and so they're bidding up those things those that's what they're spending the money on okay uh, if they pay for it with a tax on the wealthy or something like that mm-hmm. um well that money that they're taxing from the wealthy is then paying cash on well, let's say it's an income tax you know mm-hmm. uh it's coming out of their incomes that's not connected to the production of military supplies. Okay. You know, <laughs> like uh, they might get the dollars, but that doesn't change the productive capacity. Uh, that is, you know, you have these production bottlenecks you're going to hit that that's why you're, you're getting this inflation. Uh, you can tax the money out to pay for it, but it's, it's not really like the best way to do things. It's not the most efficient way to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm not, am I making myself clear? <laughs> <laughs> no, you, I, I understand. Yeah. So I mean, okay. so really, we shouldn't be looking at, um, at uh, you know, money getting taken out of our checks or whatever it is, uh, as going straight to go ahead and pay for X, Y, and Z, uh, fiscal policy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When when we tax, like taxes should be used. There's there's certainly a, a useful tool, but they shouldn't be thought of as being the funding mechanism. Okay. When, when we tax like income, what we're doing is we're altering the distribution. Okay. We want to tax income and wealth. Well, some people don't want to tax wealth, but <laughs> we want to do that to protect democracy, not because we need the money to spend on things. When we tax like gasoline or carbon mm-hmm. or whatever, it's because we want people to consume less of those things so that they don't harm the environment as much. And when we tax cigarettes, we want them to not smoke them as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what we should, I mean, those are appropriate uses of taxes. Uh, okay. so, so more of like a, um, like a method to go ahead and uh, disincentivize certain kind of spending? Sure, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that's what we call a Pagovian tax, by the way. Like, the sort of tax where you want to alter the spending on certain things. 
and, and income taxes, I would say, you know, it's necessary for preserving democracy. Right. Um, trying to get tired. <laughs> it's like one thirty here. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we can we can go ahead and sign off if you you know if you're getting tired. Uh, by the way, David, uh, there's sort of a good. Uh, there's a, a Reuters ad. Right. I mean, there's a there was a Reuters article. Remember, we I brought that up before David that they said it's going to go up to one forty six on Bitcoin. So, uh, you know, might as well yeah. hold some, see what happens. I yeah. Uh, I mean, we we can keep going for a little while longer. I'm just more concerned to ramble. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Um, but uh, you have you running commercials? Yeah, of course I'm running commercials. Dude, you're doubling up on the commercials. I'm not doubling up on the commercials, and they're like small little you 30 are. second. They're 30 second ad breaks. Yeah, they're automatically showing them when they sign in, dude. <laughs> you can't have it both. You do one or the other. Oh, Fucking, dude. Oh man, you're such a capitalist. Oh, look, just oh, because man. I run a couple of commercials every now and then, I look at the analytics. You don't look at the analytics. I'm looking at the analytics right now. You're owning commercial. You're playing commercials. Uh-huh. Making because like three cents a piece or whatever. <laughs> I mean, there's no reason to do yeah, that. Like you, yeah, you're yeah, not we, making money off it. Mm-hmm. You just make it better for your your fucking viewers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it oh, does yeah. help the Twitch algorithm too. By the way, just saying. So to play more commercials. Oh, yeah. <laughs> If I had a channel that had double commercials, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go there. So, stop rating, I mean, I don't uh, know what the channels that I'm about. banned from. <laughs> uh, um, just to go back to like inflation and okay. taxing, like, uh, so like there is this mentality that if we don't tax to offset our spending, you'll get inflation. Right. But yeah, there are other ways to deal with inflation than just taxing. Okay. There's you know. Uh, a big issue right now is this increasing rise in monopoly power. So you have these companies getting more and more consolidated. As they mm-hmm. get more and more consolidated, they have more power over the market because they have less competitors. Okay. That power allows them to raise their prices more. So we actually have higher inflation because of that. So if we break up companies in, in certain sectors, like if we did, if we had a you know Medicare for all, and what we had was like certain medical parts were getting really expensive, and we might find that there's just not enough competition in that sector. So mm-hmm. maybe we need to break up these companies or we need to lower the cost of entry because mm-hmm. uh, some markets are very difficult to enter. I mean, they have high costs to enter them uh, and high regulations. Okay. So it, well, yeah. what, what, you're, what it kind of sounds like to me is that if um, you're dealing with an industry that is uh, just has a kind of a propensity to have uh, lower competition, then it's probably better off in the public sector. Um, yeah, well, there are some some sectors that are better just nationalized. Mm-hmm. I do think that you know we'd be better off with just having a national healthcare system. Right. Uh, you know, public education. I, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I think yeah. you know, like we should eliminate tuition and, and okay. college education should be basically a publicly a public good. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also a lot of MMTers make the case for completely nationalizing the banking system. Mm-hmm. I think that sounds pretty good to me. I mean. I don't see why we have to have a banking system that is completely privately owned. Right. So, I mean, public banking, that'd be something that would be, you, you figure would be beneficial, you know, cause there was that whole, was that that whole policy about uh, converting some aspects of the post office into public banks? Oh yeah. Like postal banking, having post offices uh, provide banking services. Mm-hmm. That would be really good. 
Um, but also like, I mean, the mm. banking, you know, the banks we have right now, we have like what, a four or five really well, yeah. big ones. That's not really, it's not a really great situation. <laughs> You well, could break them up, or you could just mm -hmm. nationalize them. Well, yeah, I mean, the, 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 that whole too big to fail uh, system that we, um, I mean, ended up developing over so many years. You know, I mean, the, the, you know, I, I'm not an economist, but the, just on just from my perspective, it just didn't seem like a great idea where you had an economy that was so dependent on these banks that they were just like Holly said, too big to fail. Oh, and there we go, ISPs. Yeah. Yeah, SPs, yeah. utilities, education, healthcare, like non-commodities, like those things should be commodified. Uh -huh. hmm. Yeah, I think you know, during the period of those bailouts, I, uh -huh. I think that the case for them seemed a lot stronger back then than it right. does now, uh, because if they had failed, then the economy would have crashed very hard. But the way that we handled the bailouts was just pretty terrible. You know, I mean, we just gave them. <laughs> A bunch of money uh, oh. and let them completely off the hook. Uh, right. We didn't help. We, we bailed out the banks. We didn't bail out the homeowners. Yes. And well, so, okay. Mm. So well, actually, that that brings up a, a good point because you know I, I've uh, brought this up on the show before. What would have been, I guess, the 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 results in the in the economy if that all those uh, trillion dollars of bailouts would have gone uh, to the homeowners as opposed to going to the banks. Well, there would have been a lot less suffering. Yes, I mean, I mean first of all, yeah, for the, a lot of people wouldn't have lost their their houses and everything else, and they mm -hmm. wouldn't have gotten thrown out and watched as you know execs got golden parachute after uh, golden parachute. But yeah, uh, as far as a stabilizing agent, which was the the reasoning behind you know throwing all this money at these banks was to stabilize the economy, prevent the crash. Would you do you feel that? A uh, bottom-up approach would have likewise stabilized any kind of uh, incoming crash. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, you had all these people just lose all their wealth. I mean, right. If that had not happened, then the economy would not have crashed nearly as hard as it did, mm -hmm. and it would people would have recovered more quickly. You know, the reason that the the recovery from two thousand eight was so slow was because of the, the nature of it being a financial crisis and a housing crisis. Because right a lot of people's wealth is tied up in their house. So when they mm -hmm. lost their houses, they suddenly became a lot poorer. And it became very hard for them to, to get back to where they were. Mm -hmm. Right. And then as a, and I guess in that sense, you know, getting bailed out from the government to the tune of whatever your house was worth would have substituted for that loss of wealth that, that happened. Wait, say it again. Sorry. So, I, so I guess getting a bailout from the, like if you're a homeowner that, that ended up losing their, their home, um and uh like you said everybody like their wealth is so tied up in their home getting a bailout for the government would have substituted for that potential loss of wealth yeah yeah and been, it would have been a lot better <laughs> all right well i mean that answers one of my lingering questions so i mean so when when um I, and and really that's kind of what i i kept carrying on is like doing this whole top-down approach to economics and, and you know it's one of the first things that like really never made sense to me um and i kept wondering if whatever economic benefit they would get out of this whole trickle down theory if you could still you know foreseeably get it if you tried the other way around where you tried going ahead and and yeah. uh building up things from the bottom up 
Yeah, I'm definitely in favor of, of the economics as opposed to the trickle down. I think right. yeah. trickle down is not a thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you give the rich people money and they're just going to be richer. It's not right. Gonna make any yeah, I mean, that's you know that's uh, what we had brought up before. There's kind of like the, the proverbial dragon sitting on their cave of gold or whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. You good over there, Matt? I'm just adding a new uh, um, reward. Oh, we got a new reward on here? Uh, yeah. Yeah. See, it's, it's for me, though. Oh, okay. It's an, a, reward, a reward for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I want someone to do it so I can get up and go, and go get myself a, a beverage. Kratom break? What's a Kratom? I can't believe it let me put that in there. I thought it was going to tell me that it was against the uh, community guidelines or something. But somebody should redeem that. They already oh, did. Fuck yeah. Freaking right, I'll be back in a minute. You see, you see this? <laughs> well, I used to that I, you know, I wish I had somebody like you when I took my my first economics class. Uh, I brought this up before, but um, in my my first economics class in college, I had a, like this really right wing dude. <laughs> that you know would constantly take every day to ha- go and uh, eulogize over why Obama was freaking horrible for the economy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had that in my own undergrad. <laughs> really, I think if, if you know that's pretty common in econ. There's mm-hmm. that sort of mentality. It's like that. I did. I got into a lot of arguments. Yeah, yeah and, and you know, and um, my uh, my parents had me sometimes sit in with uh, their economic with their you know financial advisor and everything. And um, you know, he him and, him and I have gotten in arguments about why you know Trump is bad or good for the economy, and and good for whatever investments are going on too. And uh, I guess that's kind of been like a running theme that he kept bringing up is like, look, Republicans end up growing investments and Democrats collapse them. Well, you know, actually, if you look at the data, uh-huh. <laughs> uh GDP actually grows more quickly under uh, Democratic presidents and Republican <laughs> ones. And it's actually something that economists don't have a full explanation for because, really, you know, uh, it's not like <clears throat> every president has a, every Democratic president has a Democratic Congress or every Republican right. president has a Republican Congress. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a strange correlation, actually. <laughs> right. I mean, like, I guess the, the theory behind it would, when I would go ahead and say to my, uh, my economics professor and my uh, parents' financial advisor is they kind of feel like, it's that whole ideological thing where you um, have less regulation and you have, uh, you know, th- this that, and the other when it comes to you know less restraint on the on the economy. Then it's overall better for. That's their theory. I mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. And like I said, it never really made sense to me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's some people who think that you know, like. Uh, I got lazy with the castles. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Yeah, there's some people who think that basically the Republican presidents will often inherit a good economy. And because mm-hmm. the changes to the economy take a long time sometimes to really come into, into play, like well, yeah. in policy. Mm-hmm. So like that a lot of people get the benefits of democratic policy as a Republican comes in mm-hmm. and the Republican kind of screws it up and then it goes back to a Democrat. Uh, that's sort of a narrative some people put forward. Yeah. And, and, and some, like, some credibility to that. Yeah. And like, and then and like that whole narrative that I kept kind of constantly getting kicked around, like, okay, socialism collapses the, the economy, social policies, you know, giving free money to, 
to people slows down economic growth. I'm like, but we, but I, I kind of go back to it. And like the, the thought I would have at the time was like, okay, if you give working people more money, they're going to spend it. So it wasn't more spending. Didn't you like, didn't, wasn't your last lesson about how spending in the economy is good for it? <laughs> well, so they have this idea of um, crowding out. <laughs> have you ever heard of this like uh, public crowding out of investment? Uh, I haven't heard of that. Well, yeah, so, that's like with NASA, use- right? NASA has this thing where they can't, they're not allowed to build a ship or whatever, a vehicle, if there's a private company that offers it for sale for that rationale. Yeah. Like you're not supposed to double up on things the private sector already does. Right. That's essentially the idea is that if the government spends, then it's taking money from the private sector that it would spend. That's their view. And that's what MMT disagrees with. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, like, and it's not that it doesn't happen at all, but that there is, you know, there is there are things that the government should be spending on that are more mm-hmm. productive. They're they're better for the economy than letting yes. the private sector use that money. Mm-hmm. So, in the sense that we do cry out anything, it, it should be, you know, for things that are good. Right. Like it always drives me nuts that like the policies we have it's like they claim that like capitalism is good for innovation and entrepreneurs and all and it's literally the exact opposite of reality you know like people can't afford to start businesses they can't break away without losing their health care like the system is set up to prioritize tons of capital to start with not like you can't get loans you can't get if you you lose your you know if your business goes out once and you lose your you know you have shitty credit and can't can't try again like mm-hmm. it's really set up to do the opposite of stimulate entrepreneurial growth right it's set up to to fucking consolidate wealth and power at the top yeah it's and then if you have a good idea they buy you out right? yeah saying that capitalism promotes innovation is just really reductive because there's mm-hmm. all sorts of ways we can structure capitalism uh, and it has been uh, structured because it really what we're talking about is when we say capitalism is a set of laws, a set of institutions. And, you know, as you said, there's all sorts of things that make it hard for people to actually innovate, to, to, to join these markets and so on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, I wouldn't say, I would yeah. not say that capitalism necessarily creates innovation. Certain <laughs> market structures might though. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you know what, Matt, we're running out of our, like, in, of our interview time in our software. So we probably should go ahead and sign off. Um, I know it's a little bit shorter than we usually like to go, everybody, but yeah, that's kind of that's our, our little bit of our constraints. Um, but, that's cool. I got an appointment with um, Base Kekistani fourteen eighty eight. We're gonna do. But we wanna we wanna thank Nia for for joining us tonight and uh, educating us on uh, economics and everything. Uh, that was really really informative, actually. Uh, so, well, thank you so much for having me. On. This is a really fun conversation. Well, I'm glad you you know glad you. Um, had a good time listening. Come on, whatever you want. Yep, definitely. Yep. Well, 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 some bands I'd like uh, to name that check. And one of them is R.E.M. Classic songs with a long history. Southern boys just like you and me. R.E.M.
Guitar player was no saint. 